0: Welcome to the Outdoor States Podcast, a series of live conversations with the thinkers, the advocates, the businesses, and the state officials who are fueling a national movement in outdoor recreation one state at a time. As an outdoor rec economy advocate myself in the state of Vermont, I've been having conversations with people around the country about this topic for the last several years and and repeatedly, I'm just blown away by how interesting these people are, how insightful they are, how passionate they are on this topic. So I decided to make a podcast. And yeah, I'm going to admit it's not going to be the best audio for every call. And yes, this is a little low budget and definitely a desktop publishing job. But I think what's really important here are the people that are on the phone. They have a remarkable passion, uh, incredible local perspectives. And, um, and are really willing to share what they're doing so that we can all learn from it. So today on Outdoor States, we're taking a trip up to the great state of Michigan. Michigan last spring became the first Midwest state to have a formalized outdoor recreation initiative at the state level. And we are lucky to have Mark Miller, the outdoor recreation industry lead, talking with us on the phone today. Mark Miller, thank you for uh, joining us on Outdoor States. Uh, sort of setting the stage in, in the state of Michigan. I mean, a lot of people know that it's, you know, it's a deer hunting mecca. It's uh, it's got great lake access and all this other stuff. But but actually, the skiing is pretty remarkable. And you know, a couple years ago, I was lucky enough to go up to Ironwood uh, up and visit Stormy Cromer and see. The Copper Peak Thanks. ski jump, as well as kind of some of the local skiers up there, and they have a remarkable Nordic skiing tradition. Um, it, it's really uh, pretty amazing the diversity of, of outdoor sports that that Michigan can provide. I mean, I mean, I, I don't know. I probably haven't even scratched the surface. I mean, would you highlight some other ones as well?
1: Well, absolutely. But you know, uh, uh, the the Copper Peak ski jump is a great opportunity. Uh, snowmobiling uh, in in Michigan. Uh, you know, it is a very important economic activity. Uh, we we uh, we are able to get about a billion dollars a year, one billion with a B, uh, of economic activity from the people who go up and explore our thousands of miles of trails uh, in northern Michigan alone, and and that is a, a tremendous. Uh, tremendous boon for us and 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 we we do put a lot of effort into grooming trails working with clubs to groom trails and and make sure that people have fantastic experiences uh just with that um you know so if we're we're talking about some of the uh, uh you know some some of those activities you know um we we did a a report about a year ago, uh, our SCORP report, our state comprehensive outdoor recreation planning uh, report, and almost uh, 10 million days were spent on building alone in Michigan. Wow! According to our, according to our, our work there, and and you know we have um, uh, other things here, um, skiing as well. Um, you know, we uh, were we're full on into fat tire biking here in michigan and uh not only is uh, is the state working on uh, trails for access but some of our ski resorts and other other places and communities are are grooming for um for fat tire bikes and making sure that we have the opportunity to get out there and and it's a growing segment of the outdoor recreation uh, that is just is taking off and we want to make sure that we're staying ahead of the the emerging trends and making sure that we can provide those experiences as a state agency. Of course, I work for the Michigan Department of Natural Resources, uh, and so our effort with the outdoor recreation industry will help us make sure that we're getting ahead of those, those trends and making sure we're meeting consumer needs just as a business would. Uh, and so there's a lot of opportunity here. I'm not quite sure where it Drew I need to go. next. But, <laughs> That's okay.
0: Um, it's all it's all good. I mean, there's I th-
1: think. what's going on that it's so hard to figure out what direction to go in. But the winter sports is something that we're we're very proud of. We have four seasons here, and uh, every every season has something special here in Michigan.
0: And it's, and it, you know it's interesting. So Michigan has a, a great and well known recreation tradition in the great outdoors, like we were mentioning with, on snow, with snowmobilers and snow travelers, but also in the summer with all the lake activity. But it's interesting, you know, this outdoor recreation initiative that you have going on in the state, um, did that come out of wanting to maximize participation or did it come from the business community? I mean, how, how did, if you, if you track it back to the very beginning, how did it start as a serious conversation at the state level?
1: Well, I I would say there was a number of different things. We had outside groups that were advocating for it. Uh, Michigan Environmental Council and Heart of the Lakes. Uh, we also were working here. My uh, I was brought on to Michigan DNR nearly four years ago to work on improving the relationships with local communities and to work on economic development issues. And and I've been watching Utah and Colorado um, for some time and seeing this growing. Uh, uh, corpus of work from from other states on reaching out and being engaged. And we had a strong interest here of, of working with, with industry to make sure that we can meet those emerging trends, to find out how to uh, do more collaboration, and also, too, just as a, a basis for, for supporting recreation and conservation both, um, if we can bring industry to the table and be a partner... Um, finding ways to, to fund conservation and recreation needs uh, in the future uh, is something that will be a little bit easier for us if we're all working together and pulling in the same direction. So there are a lot of different needs for having better relationships, positioning um, the, the, the recreation agency to, uh, to, to, to be better partners and to, and to be better listeners. Uh, and so that's part of what I've done here for the last four years. And it's kind of grew out of that, uh, kind of that work. And, and, uh, as we were developing our, our statewide comprehensive outdoor recreation plan starting about two years ago, we knew that we wanted to end up in this place where we, uh, start to work with industry groups and use that plan as a way to, to do that outreach and start working on. So we've been thinking about this for quite a while. Uh, but it's, um, it's something that, um, uh, with our extensive uh, business network here in Michigan, our manufacturers, retail, and our service sectors, that we we wanted to make sure we were better, have better partners and, and have everyone support our, our natural heritage in, in Michigan, which uh, a lot of people um, uh, really appreciate. It's uh, really quite tremendous when you talk about this Great Lakes State, how many people really, really care about recreation and think about it and participate in
0: it. I mean, it's interesting from people who've, who've never been to Michigan before. I think, you know, people think Great Lakes and they think Detroit. Um, another place I was lucky enough to go visit in the last couple of years was Grand Rapids. And, and I was blown away by the the walkable community, the the river access. I mean, there's some, uh, there's some remarkable, interesting things that are happening in the state of Michigan. Um, so... In terms of how this initiative is structured, you, know, you, you, you are the lead for it within um, DNR. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have uh, additional staff? I mean, obviously, you have an advisory council. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. But what does the sort of office itself you know, look like from a structural standpoint?
1: Well, we have uh, myself as a point person. We uh, changed my t- job title to reflect this responsibility. Uh, this summer. Uh, we do have, uh, as part of my regional team, have a group of 10 folks who can help out and assist with, with local inquiries and so forth. Uh, but right now, we're, we're fairly lean in terms of uh, uh, full-time staff. You know, and a lot of the other states uh, are also one to three-person shows. And so we're not unique in that regard, but uh, we're hoping that, um, that we will make an announcement in the coming days or maybe one or two months uh, where we're going to have the office created and, and basically institutionalize that uh, wow. within the Department of Natural Resources. So there's a bit of news that we're shooting for, and we hope uh, that we'll be able to get that announcement out uh, here in the coming
0: days. That That's fantastic. Congratulations. I think it's also interesting, you know, when you look at the, the various states and, and how people are structuring it and you know, some people are housing it in the office of the governor and some people are housing it in economic development. But Michigan is doing it within the Department of Natural Resources, which is definitely um, kind of a signal that that conservation and land planning is is a priority. Do, do you have a, um, you know, a charter or something for this? And, and, and in addition to conservation and, and land planning, are there other key elements that are in it as well?
1: Well, absolutely. We we are adopting the, um, the kind of the other states' efforts with economic development, uh, workforce training, um, public health and wellness, uh, as well as conservation and stewardship. And uh, we are incorporating other agencies into this effort. So right now, our economic development corporation in Michigan is involved and engaged in our our effort, as well as our Department of Transportation, trails are so important in Michigan uh, and so important for um, for outdoor recreation here that we we wanted to make sure that we included them as well. And there could be other additions uh, as well. But the way that we set this up, uh, it was going to um, incorporate everyone working together. But the logical place for us was to uh, was to have it here at. Department of Natural Resources, where all of these recreational activities happen and are supported, um, and there's a couple other key elements about Michigan that uh, that make it a logical choice. One, our Department of Natural Resources houses something called the Michigan Natural Resources Trust Fund, and in the last 40 years, we have put essentially two billion dollars worth of investments through grants both to the state agencies and our local communities for outdoor recreation. And it's funded by by royalties and and other fees that are collected from aggregate mining or or oil and gas leases that are on our state lands. So we reinvest that in our communities. And so that makes it a, a logical place for all that investment to take place inside DNR. So we're a little unique in that regard uh, and then also too, um, Michigan has a, a very high percentage of public lands. Um, they're not federal public lands, all the uh, entirely. We have nearly eight million acres, which is you know, almost 20, a little over 21 percent. Um, that uh, that it's either state or federal, uh, and so uh, our our footprint is really quite large, and especially in some of the up north communities uh and counties that that um that we have a large uh, expansive role to play in encouraging and providing access to recreation so all of the all of those uh, state campgrounds the state uh, uh, the state parks uh, the trails the public harbors uh, the marinas uh, all of that laced together make it uh, a real logical place for dnr to uh, to, to sit and to make sure that we're providing that information. Uh, public lands is a, a very important conversation here. Um, I think that uh, as happens elsewhere in the country, we need to support public lands and make the, uh, the case for why we need them and have investment in them. And uh, that's true here in Michigan, even though we're not talking a great deal about federal lands, but our state lands are very vital, important uh, piece of our economic um, health and prosperity and our quality of life. And so that's um, kind of a longer answer than probably I should have had here, but but, um, it makes perfect sense to kind of house that and move that that forward. And then as as we kind of uh, pride ourselves in the Midwest and being pragmatic um, and uh, working together, having the other agencies involved uh, is something that uh, is, is also quite natural.
0: And how are, when you say other agencies are involved, I mean, how does that, how does that cooperative effort look? I mean, do you have a, a sub cabinet or do you have just, do you just share things with other people as, as it seems appropriate or is, is there something formal in place?
1: Well, right now, the uh, Outdoor Recreation Advisory Council that we formed back in May includes representatives from the directors of those two agencies. Got it. So ME and MDOT are sitting on the council with uh, our natural resources commissioner who's the, uh, the chairman and then the 18 um, other uh, business interests and conservation interests that are on the, uh, on the council. And so they are uh, coming to the meetings, participating providing information, being involved with the work groups and doing the work that uh, the council's going
0: to do. So let's talk about that advisory council for a little bit. You know, almost every state, uh, or maybe it could be every state that has a formal outdoor recreation initiative has some sort of council like this. Um, I think it's really interesting, you know, how people settle on whether it's 10 or 12 or 18, um, looking through that roster of your council it's actually it's a, it's a great variety in my opinion of big and small um, varied industries. I mean, you have Carhartt and Polaris and but then you also have, you know, Backcountry North, which is an independent specialty retailer, and you have conservation organizations. It, it's really interesting. How did how did you hone in on 18 or and was it was it going to be bigger, was it going to be smaller or what, what was what's the story there? Well, I
1: think this is a really good size. Um, you want to be able to work with everyone and have relationships uh, uh, across the across the council, and so we didn't want to get it uh, too large. But we also felt that we needed to represent different agencies, uh, different different uh, industries. Excuse me, um, different uh, perspectives. So small, medium, large, retail, manufacturing, service. Uh, we also have a Native American uh, corporation, an economic development corporation from one of the tribes in Michigan that uh, are represented here, uh, health industries represented. So we wanted to have different perspectives here um, that uh, would give us all sorts of different thoughts and bring everyone to the table. Uh, and so we, we kind of pieced it together trying to get all the pieces in. Uh, knowing that we wanted to keep it uh, around 15 to 20. Uh, and uh, and so that's where we landed uh, currently. And I think there are some some other larger uh, folks that uh, probably could be in here, but we're hoping that we will identify other opportunities to make sure that, uh, uh, that people are engaged and working with us. But this is a great group of people, great leaders, and we're very fortunate to have their in- involvement uh, uh, and, uh, and have their perspective. So, uh, yes. just to go back and, and double down on some of the, some of the industry sectors, I mean, uh, you know, retail, of course, is here in different, different capacities, but we've got, uh, you know, a, a bicycle a tire manufacturer for racing bikes, we've got uh, uh, motorized vehicles, uh, snowmobiles and, and ATVs, ORVs uh, involved here, we've got a marina that sells uh, sells boats and boating equipment, uh, and uh, we've got the fly fishing um, uh, covered as well with uh, with a uh, a small uh, outfitter uh, based out of Midland, uh, coincidentally where Scientific Anglers is also based. Oh yeah. So we have um, have some really great stories here and uh, really great perspectives. So, uh, but uh, we, we also want to make sure it wasn't too large. Yeah, so that was the other piece that came away
0: with this. Well, it's a trick, you know. I mean, I, I I know speaking from experience here in Vermont, it it almost doesn't matter how how big you make it. There's still going to be you know a dozen or more people who feel like they should have been on it. Um, and, you know, and and you know it's it's important though to to let them know that you can still participate and, and just because you're not on this initial list, it doesn't mean you're not valued. And so how, how do you interact with that advisory group? Do you have quarterly meetings, monthly meetings, or, or something else?
1: We have quarterly meetings. So during this particular year, we got a little bit of a late start. We've had our three meetings for 2018 already. We're planning on four for next year. Uh, and we're going to have work groups uh, set up so that we can focus on the four buckets from the uh, from the accords uh, that the, the everyone's agreeing to, those four areas to work on. Uh, we're going to set up uh, those work group meetings to start to work through some recommendations there. So there's a lot of opportunity there. We also are reaching out to external partners um, and, and even internal partners to do listening sessions so that we can have either focus groups or town hall type settings where we're going to go out into the communities and and hear from businesses and from conservation recreation stakeholders about their needs and desires and their uh, potential ideas for how to grow uh, outdoor recreation in Michigan and the outdoor recreation economy.
0: That's great. Uh, so in, in terms of, I mean, you know, I have my experiences doing it and, and, and I'm sure you do too. Has this been a an easy sell in Michigan, um, or or, or are people needing to be convinced in terms of this initiative and the scope of it?
1: Actually, it has been amazing to me how easy it's been to sell the idea of council and the effort uh, and the DNR is, um, uh, is the logical place. That has been very easy for us. There's a lot of interest in, in working with, uh, with the state and, and working in collaborative partnerships to, to try to move this along. And uh, what's, um, what's kind of been my challenge uh, is making sure that we're providing enough opportunity for people to be engaged with it. Um, and so that's where I'm spinning the plates in the air, trying to make sure that uh, everyone has an opportunity to weigh in, to be a part of it, uh, and to uh, have some ownership. And so that's been the challenge here, uh, and I think that's in part because of Michigan's um, heritage. Um, you know, we have strong manufacturing. We have strong companies. We have a lot of companies <laughs> that are engaged in this sector. Um, we also have very strong uh, stakeholders and, and recreational users that, that want to be interested in, and do care about uh, what's here in Michigan. Um, one fact I haven't thrown at you yet, Guru, and this, this uh, it sparked some uh, some shock and awe factor, but um, <laughs> we did a, uh, a, a survey and, and did some work on who's here in Michigan. We had over 3,800 businesses that were locations, business locations, that were engaged in outdoor recreation industry. And wow. so we're very strong here. Um, and, uh, and so there's a lot of folks who who have an interest in and so far, if I've gone out and done some uh, listening sessions and done some in-person interviews or, or meet and greets. Uh, we've had a lot of people uh, uh, very excited about this and wanting to find out
0: ways to participate. It's interesting, you know, you know obviously, uh, just to kind of go back on some things that you said about the importance of, of, of getting out there and reaching out and, and being accessible. But it's also interesting, that was sort of your job before you also became the Outdoor Industry Lead. You were the Regional Initiatives Lead uh, for DNR. And w- What were some of the other p- projects that you were working on and how how have some of those techniques that you use there uh, become beneficial to this effort?
1: Well, absolutely. The most important thing for this effort is relationship building. So the what it takes to... Uh, develop a a relationship with trust and integrity and being able to carry out and do what you say you're going to do. Those things are very important uh, uh, for this effort. Uh, Also, uh, bringing uh, resources to the table and uh, being able to have the weight of the the state or the state agency behind you is something else that's very important. Uh, One of my one of my projects here in, in Michigan that uh, I'm very proud of is uh, forming a Metro Detroit Nature Network. Uh, it's a collaboration of state agencies, municipal governments, parks, uh, stakeholders, Detroit too. We've got planning agencies, uh, federal agencies are involved. We all came together to uh, work on ways that we can connect people to nature in the Metro Detroit area and to uh, foster better stewardship of, of the s- sustainable environment. And um, and so that's been an effort that's been going on. And one of the successes there is that the whole entire area was named by the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service as an urban bird tree area. Um, you know, people in Detroit may or may not know or may not have access, but there are tremendous places just inside Detroit uh, where you can uh, find great wildlife great trails uh, have access to water and um, and so we just wanted to, to teach folks about uh, about those efforts and um, and so those that's one of those things that we've worked on collaboratively to, to work together some of the things that we need to do um, as a uh, as a in, in these regions also is try to identify uh, the assets that are there uh, and find ways to communicate those to the people, um, just as an example, in Detroit, um, the local planning agency worked on uh, identifying all of the park space and trails. They had over 2,600 uh, parks in the Detroit area, uh, places to go and to recreate. And a lot of people in the area just did not realize that they were that blessed and had that much access to places uh, so that that will help spur people to get connected go outdoors and then also too you can build on that and uh try to encourage better public health and wellness uh, when you have that, that kind of information oh for sure uh, so that's kind of an example of some of the projects that we've worked on um uh, regionally um some other things that i've done through are are uh, doing land acquisition for urban signature parks uh Places like Saginaw, uh, being able to uh, work with um, communities on creating jobs uh, around natural resources or, or uh, trails or, or other sorts of op- opportunities. So uh, there's a lot going on out there. And I think um, you know, when you're blessed, like Michigan is, with uh, public lands and, and access to resources like the trust fund that I mentioned earlier, you, you uh, can. And have some recipes. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. I mean, it's interesting that the uh, you know, I, I'm I'm continually struck by how many similar themes there are in the various states. And, and one of the things that you just said is something that we're we're working on here, and it's that idea of asset mapping, um, and and being able to really wrap your hands around all of the all of the outdoor recreation infrastructure elements. And businesses and all and and related outdoor recreation economy things and trying to get it all into one place um, and and it, it it's it's much harder than it seems because the information exists out there but it's all in different locations and potentially in different technical levels and things like that. Well, one thing to kind of extrapolate that a little bit farther is when I read your announcement last spring, you talked about really two priorities for this initiative and one was. Potential improvements for outdoor recreation infrastructure, and the other one was data—an emphasis on data collection mechanisms, which I thought was was really great. You know, it seems like a lot of uh, a lot of people kind of get the get down the road a bit and then start realizing they need the data. But you guys have put that up at the forefront. Um, Where is where is that part of your emphasis? um, At in what stage is it at right now?
1: That's a really good question, and I'm not sure that we're, we're too much further along. Um, I will say that, that having efforts like the uh, U.S. Department of Commerce collecting GDP numbers um, absolutely helps us. Um, having the Outdoor Industry Association do their, state, um, their state-by-state analysis uh, absolutely helps us. Um, having the, um, the agency itself Um, putting out the the interactive mapping with the 3,800 businesses in Michigan and seeing where they're at and what they do, that absolutely was helpful. But what we're still lacking and what we need to work for as a council and as an uh, an office effort is how to get uh, the the funding, the resources, or the people that can help us uh, analyze the data that we already have, and, and turn that into uh, successes or turn those into opportunities. And so one thing that we have from the, from the SCORP report are we asked for the first time, uh, what are the participation days that we went out and, and, and did on these activities? So we asked 34 different activities on, on a phone survey, and, and what did you do? Did you do it in the previous calendar year, and how many days did you do it? Well, that's the beginning basis for economic modeling. Um, we had a, a really rich sample there where if you look at the whole entire th- list of 34, is 2.6 billion days a year are spent doing outdoor recreation activities in Michigan uh, by the folks who were surveyed, um, extrapolated out, that out to the whole population. But what we have not been able to do is get the resources or the right partner yet to uh, do an in-plan model and then tell us what that means in terms of economic impacts.
0: Right. I mean, I and mean, it's just, just to sort of dive in on that. I mean, it's interesting. Certain, certain activities uh, are much easier to track in terms of economic impact. A, a ski area where you buy a lift ticket or, or even snowmobiling where you're filling up a tank of gas or buying a, a permit or whatever it might be. But then there are other activities like fishing or trail running or fat biking where no pass was purchased, nothing was bought. Yet it's still important and, and bringing those people to those areas has a, a benefit as well. I mean, it, it's, a, it's a riddle and I think we're all, all trying to kind of nail it down and figure out how, how the best way goes. Um, have you at this point reached out to um, or, or just started to develop partnerships with data collecting organizations such as universities or, or businesses?
1: We, I mean, we need to get to that point um, with the with the universities, I think that um, that's something in 2019 that we're looking to do. We've identified that as something that uh, uh, that we should work towards. And I think, too, it, not only that, um, we should be asking the universities for uh, workforce training as well for our manufacturing base. So I think there's a couple of asks there, and and we need to get those lined up um, a little bit uh, more before we go out and ask for the for assistance.
0: Well, and it's it's interesting. I mean, you have to know what you're asking for, right? <laughs> as opposed to just going out there and asking for 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 blind effort on on something. I mean, it's a it's such a big nut that we're all trying to crack here. Um, what about um, you know? One of the things that kind of interests me about Michigan and having this conversation is is you know how much of this effort is is seen as a kind of reinvigorating a, a new economic model in the state of Michigan. I mean, obviously Michigan, uh, you know, has a huge manufacturing sector and huge automobile sector, but at the same point, you know, I th- I'm sure people are kind of trying to figure out what's next. And and is, is there a little bit of that, you know, um, opportunity that people are seeing in this?
1: I, I, I believe so. Um, I think that, um we we've asked for uh, emerging trends and trying to understand what is coming coming next, um, but I think we we still need to focus on some of the fundamentals, um, workforce uh, training, labor access. I mean we're our economy right now we're uh, pretty close to full unemployment uh, uh, for many of our areas and. Uh, what we're finding with our manufacturers and our—not uh, so much our retail folks, but our manufacturers—are having a hard time filling positions. Yeah. Um, honestly, and, and you wouldn't have thought that would be an issue, but um, you know, some of the what we're hearing is that we need to get uh, access to uh, to labor, and some of what we need to focus on uh, in terms of the fundamentals are how do we get. Um, uh, students of high school age or uh, to think about the trades and the possible um, career path for them Uh, so much of our education system has uh, funneled or suggested that that school kids need to go to college and uh, there are there are opportunities for for manufacturing positions where maybe not everyone wants to go to college but but maybe there are opportunities i also think that there is a great need for uh, training for entrepreneurs to uh, know how to start up companies, uh, to uh, to be guides, um, uh, and we're looking at what's coming down the um, the Pike in terms of tourism jobs. Um, there's a, a good deal of demand for quality experiences and having people delivering those those services, but we. We may not have a, a real good alignment yet on what, um, what's out there for folks. Um, one, one case in, in point, our Northeast Lower Peninsula has got phenomenal water access, uh, lakes, rivers, uh, forest, uh, and, um, and there is very little in terms of uh, opportunity for people to go hire a guide, go fishing, um, even to go out and some of the other things like trail riding, or um, you know, maybe uh, uh, there's a, a need for uh, scuba diving with instructors and, and, and so forth, because we have you know, large areas of shipwrecks that are, can be explored uh, in the summertime that are just absolutely phenomenal uh, experiences. We're not quite there in terms of providing uh, what could be um, really quality experiences and have the, the demand that could be could be there and could grow that part of the state, and so there's some there's some fundamental pieces there we need to work on, uh, and that's just one element, right? We haven't. Uh, that's just the element about economic development. Um, you know, stewardship, conservation, and um, and public health and wellness are other things that we need to focus on as a council and as an office as
0: well. And and they're both massive. I mean, it it's interesting that you know once again another sort of common theme is is this tension between how, how do we come up with this idea that's going to be good for everybody in the sector in the entire state versus how do we come up with a specific tactic that's going to move the needle in one area and um, you know it, it, you know we, we're all just kind of going down the ro- all these roads and looking for all those opportunities one place that there does seem to be great traction and great opportunity is is helping facilitate um new partnerships and new collaborations and things like that. And, and I'm just wondering in, in, in terms of how, you know, how you're gathering the industry and perhaps it's on the advisory council, but are you are you starting to see some of that activity take place, you know, new new partnerships forming?
1: Uh, absolutely. And I think there's a, a good deal of promise to work on public health and wellness as a result of these conversations. Um, we have one of our largest insurers in the state, uh, Michigan Blue Cross and Blue Shield on the advisory council, but we're also seeing that the employers themselves, the larger manufacturers especially, are very interested, uh, and large service sector too, they're very interested in finding out how to uh, work on public health and wellness and their own workforce uh, health and wellness. And, and there, I think there's, a uh, um, surprising amount of interest in in working on that uh, particular topic and that uh, that work group that we're getting off the ground is um, going to be highly energized uh, with some uh, some key players in the
0: state. I mean, I that's, I mean, that's, you know, the, we haven't even talked about public health and wellness, but it is such a massive topic. And you and I were both out at the shift conference uh, in Wyoming mm-hmm. this fall. And, um, you know, I, I I have my own thoughts, but you know, when for you going to that event, what what were some of your takeaways? So Shift, just to be you know, to spell it out, it was a conference of of national thought leaders and policymakers, really focused on the connection between public health and public lands. And I'm I'm just curious, you know, as somebody who's who's already sort of up and running in this, what what sort of takeaways you, you took from that event?
1: Well, I my my largest takeaway was that in order to be successful and to connect the dots between the healthcare community and the recreation providing community, that you had to have metrics, uh, provable metrics, uh, down to the individual level perhaps is necessary in order to prove that uh, a patient uh, was, or or a class of people were going out and, and doing and the outdoor recreation, it had, had measurable results, and so the, one of the things that I learned was that all of the the new research was just really making inroads into connecting um, not just you know cardiovascular and, and muscular health, but mental health and uh, brain health, um, uh, making the connection between outdoor recreation and and wellness, but is that we have to devise programs where metrics can be worked into the, for the effort, and that will be a sustainable um, approach that will have funding there for the long term so that we can uh, affect more of the public and uh, you know, work with uh, broader, broader networks. Uh, but those, that's what's going to be necessary to build those partnerships and that was my big takeaway and I brought that back and there was some really good discussion in our Michigan Council uh, about, um, about how to create that and there's a need to create that. And so I think that uh, as we work and talk with business folks, uh, metrics and, and having uh, quantifiable results proven
0: uh, are, are going to be very
1: important moving forward.
0: Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I, that was, a, a, I think, a bit eye-opening for me, I think, going to that conference and and really hearing, you know, I'm familiar with, you know, the, the public lands part of the conversation, but the public health part of it, which is really sort of the first mile of the conversation, I mean, the the distance between that first step and that last mile is there's a lot in the middle there. And the only way we can fill that gap is through that so significant, measurable data that we can all trust and rely on. And, and I'm sure that's why you can get a Blue Cross Blue Shield involved in it as well. Um, just to sort of shift from, you know, the, that type of relationship building to another type. I mean, how, you know, one of, the, one of the conversations that came up at Shift was somebody mentioned, I think it was Kaylin O'Brien Feeney from, from Oregon, mentioned that since all these outdoor recreation offices and initiatives have been set up, there has not been a change of governor in any of those states, so there hasn't been a sort of political sea change anywhere yet. How? What is Michigan's, you know, political center of gravity at this point? And and is this a, is this a truly nonpartisan effort uh, in the state of Michigan?
1: Well, we, we it remains to be seen. Um, I, I believe it's a nonpartisan effort. Um, And um, the situation here in Michigan is that we are, we had an outgoing term limited governor um, that uh, from uh, one political party uh, being uh, succeeded now in January uh, by uh, an incoming governor of a different political party. And so this is going to be an interesting test. Uh, uh, I have uh, transition teams have started to discuss things and we have put things forward but we haven't heard uh, a good deal of uh, a direction yet on where the next governor uh, the governor-elect is going to go with this we suspected it would be an, uh, an effort that would be supported um, and uh, I think there's a uh, good reason that it would be but we just haven't heard any definitive word yet um, now um, that being said, one of the things that we did by, by placing it in the Department of Natural Resources was to put it uh, jointly in with the Natural Resources Commission. Uh, our commissioners are appointed to uh, two-year terms, and, um, and this effort actually should last for a while underneath the commission and have some longevity. Um, and so uh, the council will continue, and that will... Uh, will give us an opportunity for, for longer discussions. And so that was another uh, of the rationale for, for doing that, was to, uh, was to have some continuity by placing it into our Natural Resources Commission. But um, I, I believe that we should be fine, and if this will continue with the kind of people we've chosen to be on the council, uh, I think that it would uh, be easily recognized as a, an effort to get behind
0: I mean, it's, a, you know, using those sort of confluence accords and the four main buckets. Um, it, it's such a it's such a broad uh, consensus. It's, you know, you have that. Then you have your advisory council. It certainly seems like you're you're in good shape to be moving forward. Um, so uh, this has been fantastic. I'm just wondering, you know, is there anything that you'd like to highlight? Any uh, a website where people can go to learn more about what's going on in this initiative or, or anything like that?
1: Absolutely. We, we do have a website that will, uh, provide a lot of information. Uh, and, uh, if you can go to Michigan.gov backslash M I hyphen outdoor rec. So M I for Michigan outdoor rec. Um, we will, uh, be able to plug you into our efforts, uh, see who's on the, on the council, uh, and also the, uh, Explore our interactive map of uh, you know over 3,800 Michigan businesses that are are here in the sector uh, and uh, and have some fun with that as well. So uh, again, it's
0: michigan.gov backslash m i hyphen outdoorrec. Mark, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate it. I really enjoyed our call.
1: Thank you, Drew, for your time. It's been fun.
0: Yeah, well, have a good holiday season. Thanks.